Welcome to the Community Podcast, brought to you by the Community Paper. Since 1989, the Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal. Welcome back. It's been a while. I'm Debbie Gunter here with Tommy Cardinal and Nick Dorgudu, our Hello. producer slash writer slash playwright. Mr. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Playwright. Yeah. I guess you could put that on me as well. I was just at the uh, International Orlando International Fringe Festival with my show with Bob Codges. It was great. So yeah. great. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy said it was awesome. Yeah. Tommy and Logan came out and uh, I think laughed. No, we laughed. Okay, great. I, I am not ashamed to say that I cried, too. Oh, good. A tear came yeah. up during Bob's story. It was yeah. very yeah, We tried to do uh, both sides of the coin. Yeah. Yours was funny. I yeah. liked the, yeah. uh, what was the, um, where you did the nair, and then you showed a picture of a minotaur, and yeah. said, this is what I looked like. Hair <laughs> pants, when I was wearing some hair pants. Oh, yeah, I've heard that yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Did you make a recording by any chance? Uh, no, but I'm sure you've heard all my stories before. Well, you know we'll what? Hear them again. You're right. Yeah. If hair pants was involved, <laughs> then I've heard it. So yeah, we just printed the June edition of the community paper. You can, hopefully you're getting that in your mailbox, but if not, you can pick it up at one of many businesses around town, or you could sign up for a subscription online at yourcommunitypaper.com. Another great edition. I particularly liked the cover story, Nick. You wrote that. And I was so curious about how you came up with that idea. Yeah, so we had talked about a lot of pizza on Edgewater Drive. And I think this came up when Lazy Moon said they were going to be opening the commissary over there by PRs. Mm -hmm. And then Bruno of Pizza Bruno announced that he was going to come into the old Tin and Taco space in between Armando's and El Vic's. And so this idea came up. Everybody announced it. It was a big deal. Of course, it was big news. And so I reached out to him because I was like, well, I wonder what the oven situation is going to be. Like, how is everybody making pizza, actually actual pizza, along Edgewater Drive? And I learned way too much about ovens. And so, you know, the big news was that Bruno is not going to be using a wood-fired oven on uh, Edgewater Drive like mm. he does. He has two wood-fired ovens over at his location on Curry Ford. Right. Um, but this is going to allow him to do a lot more stuff. He's going to be able to bake bread in there for a sandwich program that he wants to do. Uh, and he was very excited to talk about it. I ended up talking to him for about 45 minutes about different ovens. Well, it sounded like a cool oven. I, when I read the story, um, I read that there is only one other oven. I can't remember the name of it, Pizza but in Master. Disney Springs, Pizza Master. Pizza Master. Yeah. And there's one in Disney Springs, but yep. that's And so the three ovens, you're able to do three different temperatures, still super hot, like up to 900 something degrees. Wow. So you can still do that Neapolitan uh, pizza that he does, that he's known for. But he'll be able to do a lot of other stuff. So then I went down to uh, Denny's shop. Tornatories. Tornatories, mm -hmm. which is delightful. And started out as a pizzeria and is really kind of evolving into more of a sit-down restaurant. But they'll always do pizza. And we talked about the oven being the heart 
of his restaurant and the, really the uh, the central part of the restaurant. And so that's kind of what I was neat. going for with the story. They really take pride in their ovens. It's oh like my a... gosh, it's so much. And he's like, yeah, and if you maintain it, this will last forever. Wow. And the more you cook in it, the better the next pizza tastes because, you know, you get the seasoning in it. That's what I liked. To, that, yeah. I thought that was really interesting that the longer the oven lives, the more flavor yep. comes it's out. It's like an old cast iron pan, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, cast iron skillet. Or the, the, yeah, the grills they use in the old diners yeah. have so much seasoning on them. Yeah. It's always going to taste a little bit different than if you eat the same exact thing prepared the same way somewhere else. And they all look so different. There was one that was like had mosaic tiles on it that was like Yeah, blue that and was white. at Armando's. And so that looks like it's huge. It's a huge oven. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's wood-fired, but it's actually gas because the people who live at the Wellesley don't want to run, you know, a, a pipe through their uh, uh, condoms in right. order to get, yeah, all the stuff out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up going to El Vic's as well for their non pizza. So they make the non in the traditional tandoori oven, which I got to see. That thing is hot. That is basically, and they put the, uh, it's the traditional way they put the bread or the dough up on the wall and it cooks like that. Really? Then they take it what out, do you mean let it by cool that? off on the wall. So the the oven is deep, and you go in from the top. And so what they do is they flatten out the dough, and they actually stick it to the wall of the oven. So as the heat rises, it cooks it on the wall, and then they wow. scrape it that out to so take it out. Cool. And then they've got a small little oven for when she's ready to, because the naan they serve with everything. Mm-hmm. And then they've got a small pizza oven for when she's making the pizza or when somebody's making the pizza back wow. there. Everybody I contacted about it, even when I walked in, uh, who contacted me back was just like really open and wanted to talk about it, cared a lot about the ingredients that they used and the, you know, the menu that they offer and the pizza itself. Yeah. People who live in College Park kind of gripe about, you know, pizza being in their minds, the only option for a restaurant in College Park, but they're really all different. So many they're different so options. so different, each one. Yeah, they're yeah. great. And Denny said that. He's like, there's, there's opportunity. He's friends with Bruno. There's opportunity for us all here. It's all going to be a little bit different. And so, yeah, just enjoy it. That's so neat. What a great story. Thanks yeah, for doing that. I was, that was very, fun. I was very full after that story, and yet still <laughs> incredibly hungry. Well, you can never have enough pizza. That's true. While we're talking about food, I wrote about a la carte's expansion in the South Downtown. Have you yeah. guys ever been to a la carte? I have. I love that place. I have not been, but I've seen, I've driven by, and I think that is the coolest concept. It's, I love it. It's, I mean, the name is really a good for the concept because yeah. it really is like if you go with a group of friends, nobody's going to be like, I didn't find what I wanted. Like right. there's, this place has five. It's in the Milk District right now. So it was started by April and Dustin Williams in 2018, and there was a really funny quote from Dustin who who reached back um, and talked to me about it, and he said uh, when they first opened, everybody thought he was crazy for opening a restaurant that's outdoors with no air conditioning in Florida, in Orlando, where it's summer nine months of the... But it turned out to be a really good thing because yeah. then he operated through the pandemic, and it being open air and having all the space was... Uh, an advantage actually but this new place is going to have it is in this in the soto district and it's going to have eight food trailer locations instead of five so it's going to be a bigger place it's going to have more parking so it'll be good for them but uh so they say food trailer and not food truck which everybody calls it a food truck park but it's technically not because they don't have engines they can't move so the every vendor signs a 
six month lease. So they're like mm. semi permanent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they're looking to open at the end of 2023 at city council. They approved a master plan for it. So it looks like it's going to happen. And he's aiming for end of next year. And so I read that they were using shipping containers for storage for the vendors and then also some seating. Is that going to have air conditioning? So there's a indoor pavilion place that acts as like a beer garden sort of thing that has seating. I don't think it's air conditioned. I think it's still open air. They leave the doors open. Gotcha. So it's not air conditioned. But so the shipping container thing is new that that the milk district one didn't have. Mm Mm-hmm. All the vendors being there semi-permanently for months at a time, they needed space for storage. So they're going to use that shipping container place for shared storage for all the vendors. And also the first floor is going to be, they're going to open it up for seating um, occasionally when they need to. Okay. So it's really just for extra space. Mm. But the, the front pavilion area is still going to be Dustin and his... Uh, he's really passionate about craft beer. So he sort of owns that indoor space with offering a different variety. So that'll still be a place where people can hang out and just drink beer, or wine. Yeah. Um, Such a cool and concept. Eat. And mm-hmm. I love that they each are getting a six month lease. Yeah. So they usually stay for longer than six months, but it's sort of just, he was telling me that some businesses even use it as an incubator before they open mm-hmm. a brick and mortar. So it's cool that it's like, it's not going to change every day you sort of expect, but you still have that variety that right. you would see at a food vendor place. Yeah, That's I'm really getting exciting. hungry. Do you know what, uh, <laughs> they have an approximate date or is it still going through all the permissions and stuff? So they did the, they approved the master plan. They just need to do, I think, appearance review. Um, so they're pretty far along on oh, the good. process, but yeah. they haven't started construction yet. They uh, worked with uh, they're teaming up with Daniel Kennerly and Jim Krantz who are very involved in the soda community because they owned that parcel. Mm. So they're uh, partnering with them. And a- so it's April and Dustin Williams and Daniel and Jim, Daniel Kennerly and Jim Krantz. It's always fun to share what new businesses are opening around town. We have our comings and growing section every month um, broken down by geographical area. And something else that's coming to the Soto area is or has opened is that so dough pizza have you guys heard of that the detroit style yes square pizza yeah detroit style pizza and that should be super popular i can tell it's going to be by the responses on social media and everything is the difference just the shape i think they also put the sauce on top so i think there's a couple of other differences and i don't know what those dollops of things are it almost looks like sour cream but i think it might be some kind of cheese that goes on top yes no it's um yes it's mozzarella okay but it's that soft it's mm -hmm. the fresh really fresh mozzarella yeah so it's a little bit different um detroit pizza in some of my research you know i had to look at oh yeah yeah. (laughs) so there's neapolitan there's the new york style st louis pizza Let's just hope it doesn't come here, because from what I understand, it's a little bit weird. It is a cracker crust, very thin, hmm. and then they use this weird processed cheese on it, and then it's cut into squares. So it's almost like, like a... Like Cheese Whiz or something? Almost like that. Oh, yeah, from heavens. what I understand. It's not great. I saw... So it's weird. I follow this Twitter account called Footy Scran, which follows... that It shows all the uh, foods that are sold at stadiums, and there's this one type of pizza that I'm not sure where it's from... But they don't melt their cheese. They put shredded mozzarella cheese on top of the already cooked pizza. 
huh. and then just throw it on at the end. It, yeah, and people love it. Really? Oh, and it right. sounds horrible. I would never eat that. I would try that over cracker crust with fake cheese on a pizza. Yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Philly cheesesteaks and they like the cheese whiz. I don't... I'd well, okay, those are good at two in the morning, really? but yeah. I, I'd rather have the provolone. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. You're such a snob, Tommy. I guess. Yeah. I guess I am. Well, something more up your alley, Tommy, um, as far as new restaurants in North Downtown, Planties. Tommy's a vegetarian most of Pestitarian, the time. Vegetarian, yeah. Most of the time. And, yeah, Planties just opened, and that sounds like a really popular new restaurant. Have yeah. you been yet? I have. Well, I've been, but I didn't eat. I went by while they were doing their grand opening and said hi, but they, uh, I think that it's going to be a hit because it's right next to, what's the bar that's right next Will's to? Will's Pub. Right next to Will's Pub, mm-hmm. which is a icon in North Downtown. I'm sorry for forgetting. Um, but, you know, drunk people, burgers late at night. Yeah. It's definitely going to, and there wasn't really a vegetarian option there. In that. Not a full-time vegetarian yeah. option. Yeah. Well, there's all, obviously everywhere you could get something vegetarian, but nothing that's specialized in it. Yep. And this is the people, team market group that are behind a lot of popular downtown and yeah they're kind of taking over downtown aren't mm-hmm. they in yeah. a good way yeah so they that's exciting um we you know there's always some great new restaurant or um sweets place opening up it seems like lately and in college park uncle louis g's italian ice and mm-hmm. ice cream mm-hmm. has just yep. opened and i've been following them on social and it looks like they are really popular so far there's also more italian ice news the Domi Italian Ice, which had multiple vans that sold Italian yeah, Ice. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. They are now in Explorer Stadium as a vendor. Mm. So you can get Italian Ice at Explorer Stadium now. I think now, that might they... be the first dessert-only option yeah. in the stadium. So that's pretty cool. Now, will they give you just some plain ice to put on the back of your neck for when it gets really hot? I bet if you asked nicely, okay. they would. I'm going to do yeah. that. Not not flavored. No, you I don't, don't want to be I need flavored for that. I get bees. Yeah, you know how bees like that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure what bees like. <laughs> they like. Sweets. They would like you. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, and then also in Paramore, Moxie's cheesecake opened, which so sounds amazing. I don't like cheesecake, but they do lots of different desserts. desserts? It's not okay. just cheesecakes for the record. Right. You can and get I a bet whole they sell and... yeah the whole cheesecake. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a party, or yeah, something. they do catering and everything. So oh, yeah, why they? don't you get a cheesecake? And since you don't like it, you can just bring it to us. Okay, that sounds like a, a win-win for yeah. you and not me yep. at all. And me, <laughs> you'll be happy that you brought happiness to us. Yeah, gifts, Which gifts is are what the greatest you live for, joy, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. especially when they involve dessert. And then also downtown on North Orange Avenue, a little. By the uh, SunTrust building, the staircase building, mm-hmm. uh, near that area, they're opening Pup's Pub, which is a very popular bar and dog park combo that's in Tampa, and they're expanding to Orlando. Oh, okay. So Sounds amazing. You, you bring It's like a sports bar where you can bring your dog. So, so cool. But people can't just show up with their dog, right? They that's have to right. register. It's a it's a membership based thing. So I think it's a you pay per year. I don't know if there's monthly or not, but you pay a membership and then you can come back whenever. And it, the reason they do that, I think, is because the dogs need to have their shots because it's a business and not a public park. So you have to 
give your records to them so they make sure that everything's safe. But it's, uh, I think they're going to have outdoor area and then the dogs are going to be allowed inside and it's going to be so like a fun. sports bar type of thing. That's so much fun. Who's going to watch sports when there's all those dogs there? Well, the Puppy Bowl, I bet they'll have a special event for the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> That's good. They may That's have so their fun. own. Yeah. They may have their own Puppy mm-hmm. Bowl. Well, they go all out in Tampa. I was looking at their Instagram. They, they're very popular and yeah. they do very unique events with dog themed and you know so if i wanted so to go cool. in there and just pet dogs could i just do that yeah and you wouldn't even need a membership for that yeah you I wouldn't do. need to they show, your, to show your shot record. yeah no. <laughs> you're good oh well they might want to <laughs> i think that's so cool i wish my daughter amanda still lived here because she has the coolest dogs on the planet Josie and George. Oh my gosh, they're oh, so cute. It's so exciting. Tommy's been following their story as well. Amanda has rescued two dogs from Korea. They in Korea, they don't value dogs like I we do it was here. China. Oh, Korea. Korea, okay. Um, this organization helps in China too, but mm-hmm. um, hers are from Korea and they're often sent to kill shelters and it's just so sad and they're dogs that would easily get adopted here, golden retrievers and Dalmatians and labs and corgis and it's the strangest thing. Um, mm-hmm. I guess people get a dog and they realize it's too much work and so they get rid of it or take it to the kill shelter. Yeah. Anyway, so Amanda got one in December, a little golden, Josie, and tiny little thing. She's like a mini golden. Yeah, and she's got like really short legs. Yeah, she has corgi legs, but mm-hmm. she's 100% golden. And last week she got what appears to be a mix between a Great Pyrenees and a golden. Yeah, it's, it looks like a polar bear. A polar bear. The biggest dog you've ever seen. And to see the two of them together is so cute. You guys will have to follow it. Josie and the Giant on Instagram. Um, you will not be disappointed, I very promise. Cute. Very good content. Yeah. I just want so many dogs oh, right I now know, to I pet know. and then to go back to their owners. Yes. just the, That could be a service that you offer. Do you want your dog to be loved while you're gone? I mean, I feel like I'm going to this bar. I'm going to have a beer, pet some dogs, go home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. It's kind of like daycare almost for the, if it was a kid and the parents can enjoy their drinks and watch the game and you just take care of the dog. Yeah. (laughs) See if they'll hire you part time. next. All right. I'll look into (laughs) it. Hey, let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I want to hear more about the ambassador hotel conversion into affordable housing. If you need a little pick-me-up, a little more pep in your step, go to your podcast provider and subscribe to Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick. Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick comes out every weekday, five times a week, and every episode is less than 10 minutes. Perfect for your ride to work, or from work, or near work. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back. Hello. Hello. It's been a while since we had a podcast episode, so I thought I would do a rundown of the last two city council meetings. Yeah. Um, the So accessory dwelling units, there was a change to those, so more commonly known as mother-in-law suites. Oh, but okay. But the technical term is accessory dwelling units, or ADUs. So instead of uh, calling my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, I can call her my accessory. You're ex- there you go. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> okay, sure. Good. Um, so in the historic districts, so that's like Lake Eola Heights, the historic neighborhood districts, they had a cap that accessory dwelling units could only be 500 square feet. And a lot of these, uh, ADUs were being built on top of garages. Mm -hmm. That's a common, uh, format for those. And they're, they were usually going above 
700, I mean, above 500 square feet just by the nature of how garages are. They're mm-hmm. usually bigger than that. So the second floor would be bigger. So it was, they were, Patty Sheehan told me that a lot of the residents were applying for variances that they would approve usually. Yeah. So this ordinance was just a way to sort of cut down on the paperwork and allow up to 700 square feet now. So it's a little more wiggle room and um, it's still affordable housing because it's less than 700 square feet or affordable-ish. I think it's great too because the the new laws passed with Airbnb or regulations. I don't know if they're regulations or laws, but mm-hmm. um, that say you can you can host Airbnb type um, short-term vacation rentals and that type of thing, but you have to be living on the property. And so if you have an in-law suite, then you can have a legal Airbnb mm-hmm. or short-term rental. And so I would imagine a lot of people might even be building them for that as well. Yeah. It's added income for the homeowners and it gives a housing option. Mm-hmm. I think Airbnb is sort of a two-sided thing where it could be negative where that's affecting housing stock. Right. But I think ADUs are a good thing in general. So I do too. I think that's great news. Uh, and... Orlando Fringe, another thing I learned at City Council is Orlando Fringe will now be offering year-long programming because they're moving into the former Mad Cow space at Church Street Market. I yeah, love this that. Was big. Are you going to do that? News. Are you going to participate? Uh, we're going to see what they're going to do there first um, because they're still planning it out. They just got the word of, during Fringe, I think. It came down that it was official. Mm-hmm. So they've been talking about it for a while, but they didn't know for sure until the middle of fringe so i know those guys are still recovering from just having done the fringe and so they'll figure out how they're going to use the space coming up i'm sure but it'll be fantastic yeah that's neat i talked to uh the board president matt broffman Mm -hmm. and he said that it's so it's nine thousand square foot and they're going to be doing uh events year long and the lease agreement between the city and fringe says that they have to put on at least 150 events a year. Mm. Oh, wow. And it's they have two theater spaces in that space. Yeah. So it'll be a good uh, utilization of Church Street Market because that's a very active space. And yeah. Easy to get into. I mean, you can. it's easy to get downtown. I know we complain about parking, but can Uber down there, can bike down mm-hmm. there much uh, more easily than you used to be able to. And so, yeah. I think it'll be great be awesome. for that area. Yeah, that's awesome. Another thing that the city of Orlando is pushing is to host the World Pride Festival. So to come out with Pride is the organization between uh, behind the come out with Pride Parade every year. Mm-hmm. And they are working to bring what's called World Pride to Orlando, which is held every four to eight years or somewhere around there uh, in 2026. So that's expected to bring one million people. It's a huge festival. It's worldwide. The only two cities in the running are Orlando and Amsterdam. So, oh, really? Yeah. You know, I because of Pulse, I can't imagine that Orlando wouldn't get it. When they held it in New York, it was a 50-year anniversary since Stonewall. And 2026 would be a 10-year anniversary since Pulse. So, oh, 2026 is what the, when the event will be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the city is putting $25,000 towards Come Out With Pride's bid. To host it and i think it would be a great thing it sounds like they'll be doing uh, not completely downtown but there will be downtown events because they expect so many people that mm-hmm. uh, i spoke to the executive director and she was telling me that they're probably going to do a lot of it either in 
international drive or somewhere but they will be doing things downtown too so gosh that would be huge for orlando a million people huh and it's right before or right after if orlando becomes a world cup host city so 2026 could be very active yeah now there's rules where you can't have events at the same time as world cup so the world pride would be after the world cup so it'd be world pride cup well, I think we can do it all at once. FIFA, FIFA doesn't want that. <laughs> I'll talk to FIFA about this. I'll get yeah, them get on, on the that, phone. Nick, Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Gosh, there's so many exciting things happening in Orlando right now. And I, one of the big problems that we hear about a lot is affordable housing. Mm-hmm. How there's just not any for people who work downtown. They might be a school teacher or a server, or maybe they're retired and there's just not a lot of options. Mm-hmm. But Nick, you wrote about the Ambassador Hotel and what's going on with that. Yeah, and I've uh, spent some time at one of their properties. I want to go down to the one in Kissimmee, but the name of the company is One Stop Housing, and it's a really neat organization that has been doing this for a while. There's a huge backstory, and I'll tell that story as we get closer to this property uh, being approved. It's got to go through the municipal board coming up here on June 21st, and then probably has a couple more key uh, hearings to go through, but I can't see it getting held up. Uh, too much longer or anybody really objecting to it. But this company has been around for about 18 years. They've been converting properties, including old hotels. Uh, They did one down in Kissimmee. And from what I understand, because it's been around for a while, they've really had a chance to do everything from soup to nuts in terms of converting the, uh, the rooms and converting the property itself. And it almost feels like a little resort down there. Hmm. And so what they do is they come in, they convert it, and they turn it into affordable housing. So it's their rentable spaces. There's an application process for everybody who lives there. And it's a good variety of people. And that's one of the things they pride themselves on is creating a community. Mm. So it's not just people necessarily working. It's families. It's retirees. It's people on disability. So you have uh, you know, this diversity of your, uh, your community within this area and they get to know each other they get to live with each other and live next door to each other and they encourage like they do events on site and it's the same company that does the construction that manages the property that does everything so they've never Mm -hmm. sold a property that they've converted okay so this is not what i would consider a typical property developer right that might come in renovate and flip yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and they will continue owning it for the foreseeable future because they've been doing it for this long. And I read that they really, they go down the center blocks, like they really renew it, right? Yeah, like- so the Ambassador Hotel has been around for a while. You can imagine that it there's you know years and years of life within it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they really just tear everything down to the center blocks. And then uh, because they actually own the construction company as well, they're able to source a lot of the stuff at the same time so they can do... You know, for this particular property, it would be 140 plus efficiency units. So they can order 140 refrigerators all at the same time and get a good price and nice. 140 microwaves at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then each floor plan is the same so they can knock through it pretty quickly. Um, and then the property manager, they already have one picked out. So if this moves forward, they know who's going to be living there with all of the different tenants and the tenants oh, are going to contact. Nice. They're going to have maintenance uh, on, you know, on staff and on property okay. to fix things if things are uh, not going well and stuff like that. 
And then eventually they take the property and uh, that's now going and then they move on to the next one. Hmm. Oh, I hope it I hope it gets approved and I hope it's everything they say it's going to be because it sounds like it might really do a lot to help kind of clean up that area yeah. over there. So they said Good it's set, looking at $750 units, right? Yeah. So for the efficiencies, sort of the lofts, uh, it's going to be $750. They're going to have a few one-bedroom and I think one two-bedroom. I think that might be where their property manager lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're smaller units. and But that's it, a price that is not attainable. In really not um, in terms of like trying to just get by and for $750. And that's everything included, hmm. including your utilities. And wow. it's not just like a hotel room. They It's going to, each unit's going to have a full kitchen. Full and, kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Renovated bathroom, the whole nine yards. Hmm. Yeah. It's really neat. And I hope to tell their story because the Mark Vengroff is the managing director. He's who's come out and spoken to the College Park Neighborhood Association. He did a couple of community meetings here in town and everyone in the audience, I can say, uh, was really positive about it, was really asking good questions about, you know, how are people going to get in and out? What about security? And Mark had a lot of good answers for that because they've done this before. They've done it in Kissimmee. They've got a very uh, mature um, property down there, mature, it's been around for a while. Um, and then they have one down the street over by the fairgrounds that is a little bit more recent in terms of the conversion. Mm-hmm. It's not quite done yet, but you can kind of see what they're getting at if you go down there and take a tour. Hmm. Do they have a estimated timeline for it if it gets approved? Depending on approval, they will. So what they'll do is they'll convert one of the buildings first and they'll do like a, a shorter conversion on it where they just tear out the carpets, do some flooring. Uh, but they won't put in the full kitchen and everything and get some people in there first so that they can actually have some people living on site immediately so you don't have the crime come back in. Hmm. Rather than try to tear down and do 150 units at once, Hmm. they'll move people into 25 or 50 units, convert the other 100, and then when those 100 are converted, the people who are living in the 50 move over, they Hmm. get 50 more people in, and then they convert those. Okay. Yeah, so that way it goes a little bit faster than trying to do all 150 at once. Hmm. And then you have this property that might be waiting, you know, on permits where they can be tearing down something while people are living there. Gotcha. Good stuff. So having said that, uh, what they're estimating is 24 months. Oh, okay. From when they from get when the they go-ahead. when the yeah. city council passes it. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you like what you've heard today and you want to hear more great news, pick up a copy of the June edition of the community paper. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the community podcast. Did you like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and tell your friends and family to do the same. Stay up to date on the latest news from the community paper by visiting yourcommunitypaper.com and follow them on social media. The show is produced by Nick Jorgudio. Learn more about starting your own podcast by visiting orlandopodcasting.com. Nick is our new resident pizza expert. You're giving Scott Joseph a run for his money? I hope so. I have to talk to Scott about maybe uh, helping him with his site because, you know, I have the inside scoop on what ovens everybody's using. That's what people want to know. That's what the people want to know. You want to know about the food? No. Deep dive. You want to know about the ovens. ovens.
Yeah, this one, the blue and white tile, it's beautiful. It's so pretty. Yeah. 